Ray does not have a pretty butthole. Nope, just saw it and it is. Just saw it. <laughs> not good. Not great. Not good. I hate getting up in front of you, asshole. <laughs> yeah, you should. You know, we making just... fat jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just saw your butthole. Pull it's your gross. pants up next. Pull time. your pants up, fatty. Drop the tea. I thought you wore uh, expensive white beaters under your shirt so we didn't have to see. Oh, your he's here. He's here. He's here. Oh, you saw my so We didn't have to see your asshole when you get up. You saw my asshole? Yeah, yep. we saw your asshole. You no fuck. No fucking way. Yeah, we did. You're you're just trying to coerce me to show you my asshole. Pull your asshole out. <laughs> you don't pull your ooh. asshole out. You show your asshole. And the last time mean? that happened on this show, the Simple Mind Sports Show was almost no more. So no, you, I will not do You that. tried to show Rich's dick on the internet. Is That's it an any or an Audi? My butthole? Mm. I don't know. Does hemorrhoids count as an Audi? Oh, yeah. Cal t- depends. <laughs> That just shows us. That just shows a sign of pegging. Kelly must have some fun. That no wonder why you can't get on. No, hard-on. there's a lot of one ply at work. Oh no! Yeah, that's cactus yeah. ass. Just uh, that's a war- I don't understand why these expensive companies have the fucking cheapest toilet paper, and Agreed. I will never, I will never fucking understand that. No, it's a good, it's a oh. good question. Oh, look at this! That's Chris. That's a Chris picture you got going. Hey guys, how's Wicked it going? Crisp. I thought that was a still shot. How you doing, Will? Good. How you guys doing? Very good. Great. So it was interesting how much of the initial conversation our guests hear when they come on. Sorry, what's that? Uh, no, nothing. How, how are you? I'm good. Good. Thanks for joining us. How you doing? Good. You can hear us okay? Yeah, I like the background. I like the Williams 420. Oh, thank you. I uh, I was on a flight um, from the Bay Area to Oregon like 10 years ago, and I got off, and, and we, were, we were on the tarmac walking into the to the, air, the airport, and I looked up, over, and I saw that on my flight the entire time was, of all people, Ricky Williams. And, you could uh, smell the marijuana, like, Reading from him right there, emanating off of him, yeah, yes. like like that character from Charlie Brown, uh, Big Ben. <laughs> it's like me on a flight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How dare you compare yourself to Ricky Williams? How? Dare uh, you? I uh, never mind. He's bit, he maybe I don't look the part. That let's be let's be real. That that dude is so like each calf was like that big. He had no fat on him. <laughs> each calf was like that big. That's crazy. Yeah, we've uh, determined that Bill's not an athlete. Although he's a baseball guy, and we're all baseball guys, so we're happy that uh, you're here. We have a lot of a uh, lot of questions. All right, cool. Yeah, and then we just count to three, and we're on on the air. How does that work? No, <laughs> yeah. we're on the air now. This Let's is just go. It. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll do a, I'll do an in, uh, introduction, and then uh, we'll go from there. But yeah, you know, obviously pretty casual. So here, let me let me get my background because I got. I can I can join the sports. Uh, let me see if I can get this. Uh, Do you just have a flat screen TV in a closet behind you? <laughs> I've got some good stuff that you'll that you guys will like if I can figure out how to. You know what I have in those closets, Raymond? Click clack, motherfucker! <laughs> All right, there we go. Oh, there we go. Oh yeah, no, there that's classy. Yeah, and, like that. and, who, who are you, Ian Rappaport? You can't really see. Well, you can kind of see, but I got Ricky Henderson's cleats right there. Ooh, right there. That's yeah, good memory, uh, really, right yeah. there. 
other stuff around, but, but, but anyway, I got a chipper Jones signed Jersey in this closet framed right now. So yeah. Right. Six AK forty-seven. Is there anything on that uh, whiteboard that we shouldn't see? No, we're good okay. on the whiteboard. Yeah. Okay, good. No secrets. All right. Well, let's do this. Uh, welcome to the Silver Mind Sports Show. With us today is Will Cooper from the podcast Moneyball with Will Cooper, the uh, the podcast that compares Hollywood with history. Will, welcome to the show. Thanks, Richard. Great to be here. Glad to glad to be uh, be on. And just to clarify, I was a guest on uh, on that podcast. It's a really fun podcast, but I, I don't want to leave the miss. You don't want to take you don't want to take credit for the the appearance that you had because it's. A- I wish I could. Normally, I don't mind you know plagiarizing and taking credit for other people's things, but but they were so nice to me over there that I, that I will clarify. It was that. an awesome spot uh, start then because it seemed like you were in complete control of over that it was so it well was done by you thank you it was a lot of fun and the the host is a really nice guy and uh so he wasn't pounding beers like you guys so this might be even more entertaining <laughs> i'm looking forward to it yeah, I'm, at a, I'm at the perfect mix right now so this is gonna be fun <laughs> keep it level uh well well let's do this let's get, i would like your opinion on how well well why don't you just give us your background your time with the a's and that you know that point in time in baseball and, um, you know, how you got involved with that. And then we'll kind of move into the movie. Sounds great. So when I was, uh, I'm a huge sports fan, huge A's fan my whole life. When I was 17, uh, a friend of mine that was working for the A's got me a job. I was working in the visiting locker room. So I've been a fan my whole life. And all of a sudden, one day I walk in and, and I'm in the, in the clubhouse. All the teams that the A's play so it's the whole league. And then with interleague, it, it, gen, it includes, you know, all the NL teams as well come in and, and I was part of the staff that, you know, got them food and laundry and run errands and, you know, grab the balls after BP, that whole, I was even a ball boy a few times early on. And then shortly after I started, I started doing video editing in the scouting department. So breaking down game film that the players, coaches and front office would look, this was old school. This was 1998. And the A's, unsurprisingly, with the budget, were pretty pretty low budget on this. So I was literally doing VHS, yeah, uh, you know, tapes. Good old days. So were you Jonah Hill in the movie? Just a lower clock. Uh, a, a, a much thinner version of Jonah Hill, although <laughs> although actually not that thin, just much thinner than he was. Um, oh, but um, no, he Jonah Hill um, played Paul De Podesto, who was the assistant GM. Um, they kept Billy's name and a lot of other people's names, but I, my understanding is Paul, you know, asked them to use a different name, but no, I was, um, cause he was trying to ruin the Cleveland Browns at that time, I think. So he didn't want to be associated with any baseball. He hadn't gone to the, Oh, that's at the time of the, yes. Yeah. Well, yes, he was at the Browns at that point. Yeah. Just, uh, no, but I was, I was just a low level staff person uh obviously not in the movie in, in, in any real way but i was around those guys and and in the movie they're in the video room uh hanging out and and spending time there that was very true the 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 front office used to hang out in the video room and watch the games and and uh so the the movie was a mix as i mentioned in the in the previous podcast it was a mix of of fact and fiction but one of the the aspects that was accurate was that there was a lot of a lot of time spent in the video room and I got to be there and be a fly on the wall and 
and participate in some of the conversation. So it was nice. a lot of fun. Yeah. So the mo- so so yeah, to jump into the to the movie. I, I listened on the podcast before, but obviously people listening might not have heard it. Um, how accurate was it? What you say was it? I mean, 50, 50, you know, if you want to put a percentage on it or you know, what are things some of they got right, or more importantly, what are the things they got wrong? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good question. It was definitely a mix of fact and fiction. Um, I thought the overall story was pretty accurate. Was Brad Pitt just too hot? Was that part of it? <laughs> Chris Pratt is Scott Hatterberg. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> Chris Pratt doesn't have the hands of Scott Hatterberg. Come on. God, no. Scott Hatterberg, catcher, Red Sox. Come on, please. Um, anyway, go ahead, Will. It, it, was a, it was a mix. The overall arc of the story was true in the sense that we had that big season. We won 20 games. We lost in the playoffs. You know, all the stuff you get from a sports page, that was all true. Um. And uh, the fact that Billy and Paul, you know, played by Jonah Hill in the movie, Peter Brand, but Paul DePodesta in real life, the fact that they were pushing hard into this, the numbers game and sabermetrics and building the team with that model in mind was true. Yeah. Um, but that, what the movie producers did was take, uh, you know, the raw material that was accurate and, uh, embellish it quite a bit and create dramas and tensions and storylines that were um, were were not accurate. And I think one example of that was the the tension and the fighting between Billy and Art Howe in the movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman, give that guy some props. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good he's a good actor. Uh, and the movie, I thought the movie was great. I thought they did a great job, but he and Billy are just sort of really at loggerheads throughout the movie. You know, Billy walks in the room and art is just disgusted to even see his presence and refusing to do anything. Billy tells him Billy in the movie actually has to make a trade to get Hatterberg in the lineup. That, that was way, you know, way exaggerated. Of course, in any way, sucked anyways. Who did? Giambi sucked anyways. Giambi. He may have won the MVP that year. No, his brother. Oh, his brother. Yeah, Jeremy. He was, he was, he he was interesting. Yeah, him not sliding when when Jeter made that great play. <laughs> he, he was, was interesting. He Anybody was that says he was interesting, interesting you know exactly means he's an asshole. Yeah. yeah, he was on the Red Sox in 03 and they dumped him till Ortiz could start his Hall of Fame career. <laughs> interesting. I didn't there. know that. I remember Ortiz as a rookie on the Twins just this big old goofball and like everybody else, I, nobody had any idea he was going to be anything. He wasn't some huge. Yeah. Where the fuck was being on he that came one? In, he came in, in O three. He came in and three with the Reds. He came in O three with the Red Sox and platoon with Shea Hillebrand and Jeremy Jambi. And they got ready to dump them both. Yeah. And he just, Bill is a uh, useless pit of baseball information. So if you say anything wrong, he will let you know. I love and, baseball. Uh, it just sucks because Moneyball ruined it. So it just, it's just had a hand in ruining the game I love. I'm curious what, what you mean. How did Moneyball? The, ner- the nerds. This is it. It's the, you don't like the, the nerds. Oh, so you're no. a Joe Morgan guy. Yeah. The nerds ruined baseball. I don't, I don't pay, I don't watch a playoff baseball game to watch fucking Corey Nebel pitch three goddamn batters or two batters and they get fucking pulled out of a game. We're talking playoffs. I don't need guys that are getting pulled out of a game in fourth innings. 
Blake Snell two years ago in the Easy fucking World Easy Series. Bill. No, they ruined the goddamn baseball. Have a heart Overshifting this fucking Tampa Bay model, the Oakland A's model ruined it. They don't win anything. I'm tired of it. It's ruined baseball. Well, do you, think, do you think that the A's and Moneyball opinion. are responsible for that, or do you complete, can completely disagree with Bill's tirade? I think what the A's did was take a trend that had been going on for a long time. Bill James had been around since, I think, the 70s writing about this stuff, and more and more people Nerd. had been learning about it and had been growing, but it was still, it was still a small small set of, of people in baseball that actually were, were thinking about it in a meaningful way. And what Billy did and the A's did was take it to a whole nother level. So, so they didn't invent it. They weren't the only ones doing it, but they accelerated that trend quite dramatically. And now here we are 20 years later, and instead of Billy and Paul and some smart people doing some innovations, You've got what is driving Bill nuts, which is an army of MIT statisticians and statisticians in every front office, crunching every last number and doing all sorts of shifts and this and that and relief pitchers throwing three batter. So all of that is an extension and an evolution of what the A's started. But I, I wouldn't say the A's are solely responsible for it or for the fact that Dodgers against the Red Sox in the world series bench their uh, top seven home run hitters in game one in the world series against Chris sale. I mean, that just, just, just because the nerds told them they had to, that, that stuff pisses me off. You're paying these guys millions and millions of dollars and you're sitting them against this pitcher it just drives me nuts. Cause as soon as Chris sale gets out of the game or David price, I don't remember who started game one, all the yeah, sale, all these guys, all the right-handed batters or left-handed batters came off the bench. And it's just like, it, it's ridiculous. I, I, well, I just don't do you, like the way you it's stand going. on it from like a baseball standpoint though. Obviously, you, you know, you've been close to it. Do you, do you kind of parse it? Do you see the value in it? And cause this is where I stand. I, I under, obviously I think it works. I mean, you look at the Tampa Bay Rays and they've been really successful for a really long time that, you know, they got up into a bad decision with Blake Snell, basically from winning the world series. However, I, I you, you take away the whole sport of it, right? There's still humans. There's still emotion. There's still uh, motivation and, you know, everything else involved. And I think when you get too robotic with it, you end up losing that and, you know, you suffer at the end. Uh, where, like, where do you stand on, on it? the level it's come to and what it's doing to baseball where we agree it's kind of helping to kill the sport that is needs some, something different. Yeah. Uh, a couple of thoughts. I do. Um, I think there's a lot of life left. I think in baseball, I, I think um, some of these counterintuitive changes, especially I think bill, bill, your example of relief pitchers is a very good one. Uh, they are robotic. And they do diminish the enjoyment of the game for me a little bit, but it's certainly not anything close to ruining the game. There's all sorts of drama and excitement that's still happening. If you look at, for, for example, the, the Giants-Dodgers series in the playoffs last year, I mean, that was there was lots of uh, great baseball throughout the season and the postseason. So it, it, it's slightly, for me, less what it used to be in terms of, of that dynamic, but it's still a great game and there's still enormous amount of home runs and excitement. One thing, actually one change that I don't think is related to Sabermetrics at all 
that's been a very material change in the game is how dominant the pitchers have become compared to where they were. A few yeah, they're getting ago. they're getting bigger, stronger, and yeah. I I think that's changing the game. Yeah, I mean, you got guys coming in throwing a hundred on the regular. They're throwing a hundred pitches yeah. at a hundred miles an hour. I mean, I'm in favor of moving the mound back a foot. I mean, you're putting. I, we need something because the game relies on too much home runs. And again, yeah. the, the pitchers, you're paying these guys millions and millions of dollars to be starting pitchers to go three, four innings. I'm not saying baseball is not exciting to me because I watch every playoff game. You know, I love the Sox. I love the Braves. I'll watch every time they're in. I watch every as much as I can, but it's still like I'm still bitching. You're a Braves fan and you're you're this cynical? <laughs> you got a ring yeah it doesn't I know. Matter. Yeah, welcome so. to our life will there's just there's no pleasing the queen <laughs> no i just i went on a tirade last night how andrew jones didn't make the fucking hall of fame <laughs> yeah Dipper making it was 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 great to see um the, the only other thing i'll say in response to your your question richard just to round out my answer is i think it's unbelievably competitive baseball of course and you used to have almost all of that competition on the field. Um, now, a lot of the competition is in the front office and you've got these, these big operations. And so some of what the changes that are happening are just people being very intelligent. And even if it takes away some of the entertainment, if it increases the likelihood that the team's going to win, it's just going to happen. So some of this... Yeah. Even though I agree it takes away some of the, the drama and the, the tradition of the game, it's inevitable. If it is, in fact, true, as the science shows, that having relief pitchers get more involved, if that helps you win, it's going to happen. It's just inevitable. So, so uh, real quick, but to, yeah. to back your point up, though, that's like I understand teams want to win, but that's the wrong way to go Like as far as growing the game of baseball right like so baseball the viewership the average age is you're looking at in the 50s right so the average age you're looking at a fucking old folks home they need to do something to really bring the game back and doing these changes they're not doing it they need to make the game exciting what was what brought baseball back to the pinnacle was fucking mcguire and so chasing, chasing a home run right. record the steroids it was offense and this now it's so centered around pitching like they need to speed yeah. the game up they need to make it more exciting and going this sabermetrics bullshit way is not going to do it no i think it's a great i'm looking for i have a mcguire hat from that from 98 i thought you just don't want to look at bill anymore it's, it's so 98 it's going to be a cardinals yeah from what he's on the cardinals but i don't i don't see it um I completely agree with you. The game needs, I think moving back to pitcher's mound might be a good idea. The game needs a jolt of energy. It needs to get more modern. I, I agree with all of that. I think, I think the reasons the game has slowed down in the popular mindset in, in a number of ways, part of it is the sabermetrics, but I think some of it is, is uh, natural evolution that's not numbers, and 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 one of those is pitchers. Just they're so much bigger and stronger that the proportionality between the mound and the plate and and the increased strength of of all of the people playing is just favoring pitchers more than it should. Yeah. So I have a question. Since you're talking about the game and what the problems are, they're locked out again. I mean, the owners and players that once again are fighting with each other. Do you think one that they'll solve it? And whose side are you on? Are you on more on the owner side or the player side? 
It's a great question. I don't know enough about the specifics to to know if they'll solve it. I think in baseball, they're caving. Owners are caving a little bit, so the average salary just went up. I think it's seven hundred fifty. Um, I think they're going to start using like war and stuff in the earlier years for bonuses because, and stuff. Yeah. For bonuses, because right now it, they tell you like year to year when you're in your first couple of years, they're like, you're going to make this much this year. They just tell you what your contract is. So stuff like that. So they're getting close. You know, I've said on this show, June 1st, I think they're going to start, but you know, if they could start agreeing now, you could still got to get a truncated, um, or you could start fucking spring training kind of on time maybe in march and then you're still into that may range and you can really cram cram some games in. you could probably get you know 140 150 games in I, I sure hope they do and those are great those are great points as far as where i sit i'm a player i'm on the player side other than the freak anomalies that are actually a really small percentage of players that get 50 100 million and then the uber freaks that get multiple hundred they're a totally different category uh you know a huge percentage of players even if they seem like they're making a lot of money after taxes and agent uh, you fees know, rec- all that stuff fee, yeah everybody's taking their slice including the government the biggest slice and agents and all that and then you, and then you factor in that a lot of players only play a short amount of time guys in the minors are often you know if you're for Destitute. Fernando Tatis, you're paying a loan shark. <laughs> yeah. 28 million or whatever. And that's, that's related to my next point, which is these guys have spent their whole lives. Let's say they, let's say they have a really good career, an eight year career in the big leagues, which is, which is fantastic. Way more than most people that draft that are drafted get. And they make, you know, mil, you know, 25 million bucks or, or whatever. They're not spending their lives thinking about, business issues they're not spending their lives thinking about how you know what am i going to do from that you know some of them are but it's pretty rare the reason they're so good at baseball is that's what they're obsessed with and so they're 28 years old they've retired they've got 60 years to go in life and they and some of them you know one percent of them can become announcers some of them can become coaches etc but to also me, make the, a video game and rob the state of Rhode Island out of eighty million dollars, but who's <laughs> counting? Yeah, I'm a there's jack, there's jackpots, but those are right tail. The core of the bell curve are, are to me, uh, folks that don't have it as good as it seems. And so, the, the more money that can go to the players, the better. I, I don't think they're they're greedy just because the extremes are are making an enormous sum. I think the core should get whatever they can. Which I agree the with because I arbitration. Sorry, Bill. Just the only so the only um qualm I have with the with the players on that side, because you're right, you know, and there's so many baseball players and as tough as it's see to see MLB kind of sh- shedding some of their minor league systems as they are, it's probably the right thing to do because it's so widespread. They should, you know, you know, give an opportunity for some um, lower leagues to come up. But my point is these negotiations are being led by those top 1% of the players and they aren't budging on any of, you know, their, you know, uh, comps, right? So they're saying they want to get more for the younger players and and move arbitration, but they're not budging on anything that would maybe alleviate their pay by, you know, half a million dollars or, you know, whatever the numbers are. So, um, you know, it's a tough negotiation and the, and the baseball players association is as strong as anyone we've yeah. probably ever seen in sports. Yeah. You got to be team player all the time in this yeah. situation. Yeah. It's a great point, Richard. And, and 
Yeah, I, I agree that it's, it's not just the, everything the players do and all the players is all, uh, is all perfect and great and everything the owners do is bad. There's mix and there's things that some players do that maybe they shouldn't. My personal view is in general, that big mass of players in the middle yeah. should, should get as much as they can because they're going to be 55 one day. And the fact that they made $2 million when they were 22 very easily won't help them a whole lot. I'm with you. No, and and also we, we fucking with service to, uh, time. Yeah. Who's uh, who, Tony Clark? Right, a little bit of Tony Clark. It's not Mark Max Scherzer he should be looking out for. It's uh, the guy we haven't heard of, right? So yeah. that's the negotiation. Uh, that's, my, that's my view. Now, Scherzer's <laughs> going to have huge influence. He's got a huge microphone. His agents are going to be, you know, they get, you know, their slice of his pie. So they want his pie. So those guys are going to be very influential for kind of slices, uh, $43 million a year. How much slice is that? 10, 10%, 12%. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, I, uh, we appreciate the time and it went a little bit off the tangent. We didn't talk a whole lot about Moneyball, but this has been awesome baseball talk, which we don't get a lot of, and especially in yeah. the winter, but so it's perfect timing. Obviously we had the hall of fame vote last night. We just finished the show pretty much shitting on the BBWA for not letting Clemens and Bonds in specifically and had a little bit of, I mean, we're Sox guys, so we're big poppy guys. I mean, yeah, we consider them the greatest Red Sox of all time with, we could get into that conversation, but would love your opinion on the steroid era and these guys not getting in and Ortiz getting in on the first ballot and just your thoughts on that as we close up yeah. the show. Well, I'll preface, especially talking to three Red Sox fans that I, I love Ortiz, incredible player. He was a great guy. I got to know him a little bit when they would come in. Or I, again, remember him as a rookie on the Twins. No one had ever heard of. And then a few years later, he's the face of baseball. All right. Um, my personal view, uh, and I'm a purist in this respect, and I respect everybody's view, but my personal opinion is if you are a known steroid user and it's it's been established i i don't think you should get in and i will well this has been good talking to you no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a fine well, go ahead. No, 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 no i didn't mean to interrupt you but go ahead finish your thought that's that's my view and and I, like i said i respect i respect all views now i'm a i grew up in oakland right mcguire and canseco they were my heroes how about giambi same thing love them <laughs> wasn't a hero in the same sense because I was older and I knew him. Um, but uh, the fact that you don't, the key to me, the key for me is that you don't know. People always say, oh, well, just look to before it started and would they have gone into the Hall of Fame anyway? A, you, you don't know when it started. Rafael Palmero did steroids. That guy, he couldn't find a muscle on that guy. If he uh-uh, uh-uh. He told Congress he never did it. Uh-uh. <laughs> I never did steroids. I liked when Sammy Sosa all of a sudden forgot how to speak Let's English. Oh, we, we, have talked about to me. we have talked about this other I show many times. He, he was on times. every interview for 20 years, and then when he goes to speak to Congress, he forgets how to. I like when he turned into a vampire, but I yeah, just want to say. Now he's white. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I understand what you're saying, Will, and we made this point in the show earlier that I don't think everyone, you know, in that era with the numbers, should, like Rafael Palmero, you watch him play. No, he's not a Hall of Famer, right? Sammy Sosa was a home run guy for a couple of years, not a Hall of Famer. I think, the you know, there are certain names you could bring up that we have specific issues with. Clemens and Bonds are at the top of the list. Look, they had Hall of Fame careers. You want to say when it started or not. I mean, 
they they're just the, the two best players of their era on I either mean, side Bonds of the ball. Bonds right? in, it's like in San Francisco I, for sure. Your baseball That's Hall of Fame is missing the number one. You know your your leader in hits, leader in home runs, and leader in Cy Youngs. That's I that's agree. a tough pill to swallow in baseball. Roger Clemens, what? Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, fuck that Clemens guy. I hope he never. I remember when he won He won his seventh Cy Young, and I remember I, re, I remember talking to uh, who was it? it? Was Juan Guzman? I think who came in second one year. You guys remember steroids. him? Yeah, yeah. yeah steroids. And he was like, that was the you know, crowning achievement of my life. And I can't, you know, it was so hard to even be runner up one year. And this guy just won his seventh in a row. And then bonds perhaps dominated baseball at his peak more than any players dominated any sport ever. You, if you threw the ball in his direction, it ended up in the water mm-hmm. over right field for several years. Yeah. No question about it. Um, we were do, we were going back and forth in this stat, but it's it. Oh yeah, in two thousand and four, I'm trying to pull it up. He had, uh, oh shit, he had more. Um, he got on base more times than he had plate appearances because the amount of times <laughs> that he was walked, which was 128 intentional and however many total, it was you know just no one's ever done it more yeah. on base, more times on base than plate who's, appearances. Just, who's dominated like that? in their yeah. sport in a way just sort of changing even you know it it's it'd be like will chamberlain instead of scoring 100 one game averaging 100 or he something. had 100 and 120 intentional walks in 2004 with what was it 234 total walks and 120 <laughs> were intentional. it's just crazy and, it, and like you know and he, gets, he was the man he was a brilliant he struck out 41 back times mvps 41 and, strikeouts and look clearly Clearly, he juiced his head off in San Francisco. Like, he deserves a lot of of criticism. But, yeah, it's... The key to me is not punishing these guys. It's not like you did us, you should be punished, and and you shouldn't be out. The key to me is we do not know the counter history. We don't know. A lot of guys are great, and then they, they only play 10 years. Or whatever it may be you don't know so if you allow them in you're assuming you're making an assumption you're giving them the benefit of the doubt that had they never done steroids, yeah they would have gotten in there's yeah. a lot in this era pudge rodriguez mike piazza craig biggio jeff bagwell though all those guys are in this at those eras there were fringe guys that barely got i mean biggio got in because he had three thousand hits pudge rodriguez obviously one of the best catchers but come on man those are all steroid users you can clearly tell and it just it, i don't know that that those are those are the guys that kind of bring guys like or uh ortiz even ortiz because i think without it he was a he's a hall of famer he had 541 home runs Clemens Bonds, those guys deserve to get in, but guys like Bishio, well, Manny Arod, those guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame on pure talent. But it's guys like the questionable fringe guys in the steroid area that do not deserve to get in. And we don't know if they did, but some of those guys probably did, and they just didn't get caught. So the whole thing is is a cluster, right? Exactly. There's too much questions around it. They didn't link, but you have to question every single guy from that era, from '95 yeah. to what 2005 when they started implementing it's still real going now though it's still yeah going but on now. The, the testing right now is insanely crazy now so like at the time it was like the the anonymous list was 03 04 is when and then ot's it popped out in 09 
and then it was swept under the rug because he loved these loved by the media where Clemens and Bonds bonds were assholes to fucking everybody and they were hated. That's why that's why Ortiz got it. He's not a first ballot, second, third, fourth, fifth ballot. Yes, he should have got in by numbers, but now weak, weak, weak class and they're fucking holding the steroid users against them. The whole that's thing's it. a mess. But to me, either way, it sucks. You don't let these guys in and then the other guys get in and that's not fair. And the fact that the two best players, the air on and that sucks. I agree. But if let's say Barry Bonds did get in, would you guys feel like that was just pure and happy? And would you have no reservation? No, but I, no I, I hate would, the prick. I hope on, Bill. The guy's, head, the guy's head tripled in size. What I would feel though, is I would feel 32. I would feel David Ortiz is vindicated because Barry Bonds is in at this point. I think, David Ortiz being a first ballot Hall of Famer while Clemens and Bonds get voted out in the same year again. Because he almost he just it. got shot. That's why he it got cheapens in. it. Well, that might be true. Oh, hey, I we forgot about that. Yeah. He did get the inconsistency. Is almost difficult. died. Yeah. Well, we, you know, uh, baseball sparks up a lot of uh, uh, opinions and energies. That's for sure. It's been around long enough. And we appreciate you jumping on us, Will. We won't take up uh, any more of your time. But uh, yeah. thank you for joining us and, and talking some baseball, man. My pleasure. You guys have a great show. It's really fun to hear your views. Keep it up. And I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to join you today. So thank you. Hey, thank you. Oh, thank you. It was, it was, it was, it was fun. fun. Even Bill, even though we disagreed on everything, we're still friends. That makes me feel good. Well, I, just like got one now. I just like baseball. I'll debate baseball till I die. I love it. And you, you do a good job at it. And congrats on the Braves. I'm an A's fan. I don't know what it feels like to win a what yeah. you guys at those saber matrix baby you'll, you'll get yeah, this stop money ball <laughs> we'll see yeah, i know i opened myself up to that one didn't i yeah a yes, little bit you did <laughs> all right well we'll see you man Thanks, thank you guys Later, well. Hey, right. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey. How are you? Hey. You get Billy Baseball going. It's hard to stop. It's fine, though. That's that's no, all it is. That's it was good. entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. This was uh, this was his time. This was his show. This was his time to shine. There was some. I had some relevance. No, I, I thought it was very good. No, it was, it was great. Good. That was great. I thought it was great. He's very good. And Will. went on a tangent. A... I, I did go. I did get angry. Because you do. <laughs> I hey, but you guys are be... friends. Hey, you're a friend now, Bill. You guys are friends now. Welcome. Congrats, Bill. <laughs> Congrats, Sweet. Bill. First friends. So happy. <laughs>